What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. What's up, man? What's going on? Nothing much, man. Sitting here enjoying some summer league action, watching Memphis' weak-ass team. You know, it's a shame because uh, my boy Dusty Hannes is playing, but uh, I was watching the first game against the Utah in the Utah Classic, and I just was not interested. Uh, <laughs> Ivan Rab was balling, and I was like, well, Ivan Rab ain't going to make the team, so I really don't care. <laughs> um, so Yeah, I'm just a basketball uh, junkie. I watch y'all basketball, good or bad. I was hoping they was going to let Ja play, but he ain't going to play in Summer League. Neither of them, him or Jaron Jackson, so ja, I don't need to watch him. Ja not playing in Vegas either? Uh, I'm not sure if they – oh, he might play on Friday. Um, Tip- but they, there was talks that he wasn't going to. Typically, the big-name players don't play in this shit. And it used to be Orlando, now it's like Sacramento and Utah. Usually, big names don't play in those leagues. It, they wait till the Vegas League starting on the 5th. Well, I hope they play. Um, well, Jaron Jaron Jackson, I I can't imagine is gonna play, but Josh should. I hope him and Brandon Clark. Jaron Jackson ain't that good where he can just be sitting out summer league. I'm tired of this Jaron Jackson hype. That's next KG, all right. <laughs> he was hating on KG, so they don't even say much. KG was a bum though. No, no, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> he the he the seventh best power forward of all time. I'm not I'm not starting with you today. Um, man, look, as of 5.30 Pacific time on uh, Tuesday, Kawhi Leonard still has not Wednesday. made a decision. <laughs> is it Wednesday? Yes, Shit, it's Wednesday. on Wednesday. <laughs> Damn, it's been a long week. I need that vacation. Uh, he still has not made a decision on, on where he's going to sign. You got all these uh, pundits online saying that sources tell them this, sources tell them that, and sources ain't really told them shit. So um, that's the really last big domino to fall, man. What do you, what do you, what do you think is gonna happen? I think he stays in Toronto, but the whole situation is funny to me. Earlier today, had um, like a helicopter from a news station following a plane that was landing. There was a crowd waiting for him. It looked like the OJ trial, <laughs> waiting for Kawhi to come and his decision. But the most u- unique thing about this is they were saying like he values secrecy and not no leaks. So none of these writers can really get any quality information from any of the teams that he's considering. The Lakers um, sources aren't talking. Clippers, Toronto sources aren't talking. So nobody knows shit. You don't even know who he's met with yet. This is the craziest thing in free agency because usually, you know, you hear about the meetings, you know they're meeting, you know they're mulling it over. So he's kind of drawing it out for attention. But really he's not looking for attention because nobody knows anything. (laughs) Yeah, and and, isn't it crazy? Like, I I get tired of seeing these dudes on Twitter, like the Chris Broussards of the world. It's like, well, it's a done deal. He's to the Lakers, and he, um, you know, it's, I'm now I'm hearing that the Clippers, and it's just like, dude, just say you don't know. Just say you don't know. You don't know. My, just say it. My question it's okay. is, how the hell does Chris Broussard still have a job, man? He's been doing this shit for years. I can remember back LeBron and the decision. He was the one that was reporting that he knows that LeBron's going to Chicago for like three weeks. All he reported yeah. was that LeBron was going to Chicago. His sources said this. His sources said that. When LeBron chose the Heat, he was so mad and agitated that he was the biggest hater of that that Heatles or whatever. 
he he just hated the Heat because LeBron did not choose Chicago. And at that point, I was like, how are you going to get mad at LeBron for going to play with Wade when you have Derrick Rose here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody said, oh, it would be okay if he goes play with Derrick Rose but not Wade. Like, it didn't make any sense. I mean, it's, it's again, it's like the whole Fox Sports – Thing. It's not even just them because ESPN garbage. I mean, legitimately, no one knows anything. It, I it got to the point where if it, in free agency, if it wasn't Woj, if it's not Woj, I don't care because all these dudes, you know, it's ninety nine percent done. It's 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 he's the Lakers to lose, and knowing damn well that none of these dudes talk to Uncle Dennis, mm-hmm. none of these dudes talk to Kawhi. So what's the point? We got people. We got people reporting to uh, Kendrick Perkins for the the news. I'll never go <laughs> to Kendrick Perkins for my news source. If that's the case, I'll just wait. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll just wait. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> no thank you. You know what I mean? So um, while we wait for that, what has been the biggest? Um, maybe surprise for you or what's been the best move so far that you've seen over the past uh, couple of days now the free agents has been open since Sunday so the biggest surprise to me is that Charlotte would not give Kimball Walker the Supermax and allow him to go to Boston because that's just nuts they are losing Kyrie everyone thought that they we we talked about it like man where do they go from here and then you get a young all-star point guard that just as good and maybe better because of the situation he's been in all this time. He's never had any real talent about, around him. So Kimball Walker replaces Kyrie Irving. I'll sign up for that every day of the week. <laughs> so that's my biggest surprise. The moves that I like the most, man, I love what Utah is doing. I just think people are sleeping on what the Utah Jazz are doing. It's because they're on the West Coast. It's because they're the Utah Jazz. I don't know why. People aren't paying attention to what Utah are doing. They're doing this shit is crazy. Like this was a fifty-win team last year, and they had a lot of holes on that fifty-win team. But they were just well coached. They got Donovan Mitchell, but you had Ricky Rubio who couldn't shoot a shot, and now you replace him with an All-Star caliber point guard. Even though Mike Conley hasn't made an All-Star, he's still an All-Star caliber point guard. You replace him with Mike Conley. Then you go and get uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, which was a nice replacement for Victor Lodipo when he got hurt. He was a leading scorer for the Pacers. He adds outside shooting, something that they really needed. Um, he's not Kyle Corbett. He can make his own shot, and he can hit open threes. Then you go get role players like Jeff Green, Emmanuel Moutier, Ed Davis. Like This team right here is a contender, and people just aren't really talking about it like they should. They're so focused on LeBron and the Lakers and Kawhi. Yeah, you know, and but that's that's the mainstream media because I, I think that real basketball people are definitely keeping an eye on the Jazz. Um, you know, I, I think that I'm with you. They've made a ton of good moves, and they've, they've legitimately gotten a ton better. Anytime you add Mike Conley to a 50-win team, uh, Mondanovich, like you said, I mean, that, I mean – that's just some moves, man. I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be a very very good team, and uh, I'm just excited for basketball coming up this season. I like I already want to fast forward regardless of where Kawhi goes because I I can't remember a time when the NBA was so wide open like this. Do you? Nah, it would have to be uh, when when Jordan left. It's uh, what 94, 95. I mean, no, it'd be 93, 94. Well, I wasn't gonna go back that far. I was gonna say maybe when the Lakers traded Shaq, but 
Uh, yeah, but yeah, you had, but it's still kind of a two team race. Then it was in the East. It was just Detroit and uh, the Pacers. Nah, it was really just Detroit and the Heat. Nah, it was the Pacers because if you remember, they they got they got right there, and then the next year they they damn near went to the finals. Uh, See, all I remember about then, that is that uh, the Heat went like six games, and then the uh, Richard Hamilton pulled the whole uh, Zaza Pachulia and Wade and messed up his ankle, and he wasn't good for Game Seven. They end up beating him, and then I think. But you, but you, no one had any idea who was coming out of the West. Whether it was going to be Dallas, whether it was going to be Phoenix, whether it was going to be the Spurs, um, you know, because the Lakers were gone. So I mean, it, I, it was pretty wide open. Yeah, but you're talking about this wide open though. This wide open. Yeah, I mean, there's, this is there's no there's really no favorite. Like this has to be so, when Jordan left. It just left a big hole. Like who? All these teams have been fighting for supremacy for three consecutive years, and Jordan just had a chokehold. Now when he left, it just opened it up. Is it gonna be the Knicks? Can the Bulls get back? Can the Magic make them? Can the Orlando Magic make the leap? It was. That's what I look. That's what it looks like to me. So I like um, I I like that Boston was able to get uh, was able to get Kemba and you know basically what happened is Jordan said they weren't going to offer him a max. He said that you know he didn't necessarily need a max, but instead of giving him the one ninety, they offered him like one forty or something, yeah. or they offered him one sixty, I think. And he was like, well, shit, if you guys are going to discount me that much, I'm just going to go play somewhere else. Um, well, what's the justification for that? I mean. Because, you know, people can look at it and be like, it's money. But, I mean, these dudes literally gave Nick Batum, like, a hundred and something million dollars. So, what are they losing by giving Kimba the Supermax? He's the best player they ever had in their franchise. He took him to the playoffs a couple times. Not his fault. You can't build a team around him. You got MKG there for, like, six years. And Nick Batum and Cody Zeller. That's not his fault. Why wouldn't you pay him the Supermax? Yeah, but then but where do you go then? Because they're they they're already such a cap team. They like they they have no cap room as it is. And clearly, I mean, they're not smart with their money. If you're gonna come turn around and give Terry Rozier fifty eight million dollars, I mean, but you know, well, I'm not saying that Terry Rozier's a bad player. He's not a fifty eight million dollar player. But the the solution is never give up your best player. If you made bad for nothing, yeah. If you made bad cap for Terry Rozier. And, a, and a, some kind of future second round pick. Yeah, if you've made bad cap moves and you got yourself locked in the cap, the solution is not, okay, well, to save money, I'm going to give my best player away. No, trade some of those bad contracts away. Give some of those first round picks away. You ain't doing shit with them anyway. You just drafted PJ Washington and I don't even know, Miles Bridges. You drafted all power forwards. I'm sure you can do without power forwards for a couple of years. I mean, but I would tell you what, even though we talked about it last week, D'Angelo Russell to the Warriors, like, because it, it seemed like he was going to go to Minnesota, and then all of a sudden Golden State got in there. Now, I'm not convinced that this is something, like, I, I don't think they're going to build around D'Angelo Russell. I think this is a short-term thing that they can flip next year. Because, um, you know, people say, well, he doesn't fit their system, and I'm not sure if he does or if he doesn't, but um, I think that he's just a piece for the offseason next year. Yeah, I don't. I don't really understand that thinking, though. Uh, I've heard a lot of writers say say it as soon as it happened. I did. I just think that what happens in the NBA, because the NBA is controlled by all these writers and stuff, that they pigeonhole players. 
and they're very judgmental. Like, even when you talk to people about DeMarcus Cousin, oh, he's a bad egg, blah, 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 because he got texts and all the negativity. There's been nothing about DeMarcus Cousin negative on teams or anything like that for like two, maybe three years. And they still have right. him pigeonholed as a bad locker room Trouble guy, ma- troublemaker, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And he's not done any of that. That's because he doesn't like the media. D'Lo, they have him pigeonholed as this, shoot first point guard that can't pass, that can't run an office, that can't do anything because of his role on the Nets. Well, obviously, obviously, that's the role for everybody. They all came down and jack threes, freelance, play like it's the part. He's 23 years old. You mean to tell me that he can't learn to play in a system? He Steve Kerr can't teach him how to run off screens, how to handle the ball, oh, I how to run off I agree with you 100% on that. I mean – yeah, I would have looked at I would have looked at Kevin Durant before anything and been like, "That's a horrible fit." If you can figure out a way to implement Kevin Durant, one of the best isolation players, and that's all he was in OKC for like seven years, he came to um, Golden State at twenty seven, and they figured out how to implement him and showed him how to play real basketball. Once they learn to play real basketball, then you understand how easy shots are to you. Yeah, well, but you know what? But and this isn't talking about. Uh, DeAndre Russell, but Kevin Durant came in like was looking for a new style of basketball to play. So that was, you know, that was a little bit easier to do. He looked at that style and, and realized that he could, uh, he could just ball out in Golden State. So I mean, that, that I think that was a better fit than 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 you say. But I and I I think I think for for me the DeAndre Russell thing is a good move for them. I'm not I'm not convinced it's it's their forever move because. You know, and I think they'll figure it out. But what do you do with with three guards at that point? Um, well, like I said last week, it's a all everything's about positionless basketball, right? So we get so stuck in the the mode of hey, my two guards not six seven, and my three guards not this. You get that three guard lineup. I just look at what they were doing against Houston, and anytime even before Kevin Durant, what was their death lineup? That sometimes they would have four guards out there. They had Sean Livingston, Iguodala. Clay and Curry out there sometimes like that system is built so much off of movement and those small ball lineups it it shouldn't be a problem at all because when they start um, screening and moving without the ball he just needs to either learn how to run the point guard and pass or just run off screens because all that off the ball action they do with Draymond and just put him in the role that Andre Iguodala was playing but he can shoot a three (laughs) you know what I mean yeah Clay and uh now defensively I'm not – you're not going to get no arguments from me. they definitely taking a step back. I mean, you're going to have to figure that, that out. Certified liability. Yeah, I mean, with Curry and uh, Clay coming back from ACL and D'Angelo Russell, no Iguodala, probably no Livingston, yeah, they're probably going to take a step back. I mean, that's inevitable. But they might be more potent on offense, especially when Clay comes back because they just got Willie Colley-Stein for a bag of potato chips. So <laughs> – that's a pretty good right. rim protector and, roller. And they re-signed Kevin Looney, which, you know, I'm shocked that they got him at such a cheap price. <laughs> you know, three years, $15 million. That, I mean, Well, that had to be kind of his know. market because they had bird rights and they haven't been really worried about the taxes. So for him not to leave in his role, he couldn't have been being offered something crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's going to take three years, $15 million if somebody's offering him a $40 million contract, basically. I mean that's fair. Um, so let's talk about the Nets, man. Uh, what do you think about KD and Kyrie playing together with DeAndre Jordan? I think it. First of all, 
I think DeAndre Jordan is washed, but carry on. <laughs> you may not be wrong. I think that version of the center is washed in the NBA. That's why Hassan Whiteside has struggled. That's why DeAndre Jordan is irrelevant. So, I mean, I don't disagree with Clint Capella's on the trade block. Houston regrets that now because it just cuts down. Same Yellow thing Stella. in Detroit with uh, Andre Drummond. They don't know what the fuck to do with him. Yeah, what, what, what do you do? Shit, at least Andre Drummond can, like, handle the ball and shit. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, and that's a 20 and 20 dude, but you know what I mean? Like, it's But they've been trying to move off that contract for years, and everyone knows it. Yeah, you can't get any leverage. You're, you're probably going to have to give a draft pick for somebody to take it, which is crazy because he's a 20 and 20 player. Um, you know, I it, it looks good on paper. It's a great 2K lineup. But anytime you put together these teams that you think are a super team, then something's bound to go wrong, and they only have a limited amount of time together. Typically, it's in four years. After about four years, it started to fall apart. Golden State lasted a little bit longer, but they did change their whole dynamic by adding Kevin Durant, and that lasted, what, three years? Um, I don't like it, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being totally honest. If this happened before the Achilles injury, I'd be all on board, say this is exciting, I like the move, switch it up, try to win by yourself. With the Achilles injury, I don't like it. I don't like it for the Nets. I don't like it for him. Number one, you're going to an organization that you're not familiar with with a major injury. Now, you can say that they didn't trust uh, they didn't trust Golden State for whatever reason, but that couldn't have been the case because if that was the case, they would have never um, – if that was the case, they would have never he Kevin Durant wouldn't have helped them facilitate the D'Angelo Russell trade. So that's one thing that people don't understand is that for that sign and trade to happen with the new NBA, both D'Angelo Russell had to sign off on that and Kevin Durant had to facilitate that. So if he was really mad at Golden State and think that they failed, then he would not have facilitated that trade. So I don't think they did him wrong. Like Steve Kerr said, they got their own doctor to approve it. His independent doctor approved him coming back, and they had a third doctor approve it. And all of them said it that they didn't think that it would do further harm. And then he tore his Achilles, um, ruptured his Achilles. So I don't think he's mad at them. I think you stay with the training staff you were with because there's a lot of dangers in the NBA if you don't trust the staff that you're working with. That's number one. Number two, even if they do an excellent job, He's going to miss all of next year. So that's one year you burn on the contract. The next year, the second year when he comes, everyone knows from Achilles injury, you're um, going to have a lot of muscle injuries. That's what happened to DeMarcus Cousins. That's what happened to Rudy Gay when he came back. You can look good for a couple of games. Then you're going to look like a shell of yourself. Then you're going to hurt your hamstring or hurt your calf or something like that. So that's two years burnt. You're probably not going to be a title contender in year two because DeAndre Jordan and Kyrie Irving's not getting it done. <laughs> so now you go into year, thir year three of the contract before you're even a title contender. Well, that's going to be like 2021, which is the next huge free agency. You could build, literally build a whole new super team before that even happens. And this team could already be flawed. <laughs> I just, um, that long rant to say that I just don't like the whole move. I think Kevin Durant should have stayed for his own benefit. But if he just wanted to play with his homeboy, I can't really knock that. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, if you're the Nets, I get why you do it. If if I'm the Nets, I probably stick with my core that I had last year and maybe try to add some pieces around that, build around that, you know, maybe get to the 2021 uh, free agency class. Um, it Now, on the same token, if I'm the Knicks, if I, if I could make this same deal, if I could do exactly what the Nets did, I, if I'm the Knicks, I'm cool with it. 
because the Knicks need to be relevant. They, which they have not been. the The Knicks need that. They needed that. Um, if I'm the Nets and I want to build off that playoff success of last year, um, you know, then that that's what that's what I would have done. I I probably would have stayed the course there. I don't. We we've talked about this. I don't think that. Kyrie is head and shoulders above D'Angelo Russell, or at least D'Angelo Russell's ceiling. Um, you know, that's. But anytime you can land Kevin Durant, regardless of the situation, um, you're ecstatic. But I heard something today, and I thought it was actually really fascinating. What if this goes the way of the Orlando Magic? You bring in Grant Hill, who had just hurt his foot, mm. um, and you know you're going to pair him with T- Trace McGrady. And uh, who Trace McGrady had a bad back coming into high school, um, but now obviously we we didn't really see the effects of that until a few years later when he was in Houston. But um, what if what if it just goes that route and Kevin Durant is not as you said, you know, we're we're three four years in and and we just haven't seen Kevin Durant's never gotten back to form, and you already you know have Kyrie who has had a ton of knee surgeries. Um, I think he's had two knee surgeries. Yeah, or something like that in Boston. Um, and then you know, as we talked about DeAndre Jordan, he's he's washed already. So that that's that's insignificant as it is. You're going to be paying this dude ten million dollars a year, where you may not you you're going to be looking to get off that in year two or three. Um, you know, I I don't think the Nets this makes them better. Put it that way. I think that they they could have been at the same point that they were in with their core last year. Um, I, I I think that they're they're a playoff team, obviously. They'll be a playoff team with Kyrie. They'll be a playoff team next year with Durant and Kyrie. But at this point, I'm not seeing that they're a title contender. Yeah, I agree with you with the Knicks. And that's just because the Knicks are in a totally different situation. You could eat that Durant contract and let him sit there and then groom those young players. And then, you know what? When 2021 comes around and he's fully healthy, maybe R.J. Barrett is Westbrook. Maybe Kevin Knox is a little Kevin Durant, you know what I mean? You can let those players, and you're probably going to get another pick next year. Then you got some young talent. While he's hurt and resting, they can add a weapon. And it's not, I know people are saying like, oh, yeah, he'll recover, blah, blah, blah. It's not guaranteed he's going to be the, the dominant player that he was before because he's going to be about 32 when he gets to full health. That's right. that's not guaranteed. Um, that's barring another in, in, injury. People have to remember, like, uh, DeMarcus Cousin was like a 30-20 player before his Achilles injury. And then we watched him last year look like a bum. Like, they're talking about he can't even get a minimum contract. Now, that's that's crazy to me. Like, I would love for the Heat to Little sign Chris. him. But still, that's what I'm saying. Like, we look at him this year and be like, oh, man, he's washed. He's bad. But that's because he was in the spotlight with Golden State. That's the same way uh, Rudy Gay looked when he first came back. When Rudy Gay first came back, he struggled. He had some good games. He looked like he was totally done. Now, this year he signed again. He looked not like the old Rudy Gay, but he looked a lot better. But he he's not he's not who he was. You know what I mean? He's still missing 20 no, games. No, he was never the same. Yeah. Yeah, Rudy Gay was never the same. Um, but you know what? Durant has a, a different body style than, than – um, Marcus Cousins did. It's kind of it's different. Well, that, uh, that's why I'm using. That's why I'm using Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay is a lot closer to what Durant did than De- Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, you're right. So you know, if the if the Knicks came, if now if the Knicks come out and if it's what they say is true, it's like well, we didn't offer him a, a max contract because of the Achilles. Well, you're idiots because you're the Knicks. 
<laughs> so I let mean, me let me defend you, the Knicks real quick. With the Knicks history, I understand what people are saying, and it's Kevin Durant, and you got to take a chance, and you want to be relevant. I understand all of that. But we also have to look at the Knicks history of signing these injured players thinking you're going to get a home run. They have a terrible history. They've been bitten with max contracts for, like, years. <laughs> Can you really blame James Dolan being like, nah, I'm trying to be smarter. You guys thought us. You guys said I should be smarter. I've done this before. We've seen this story. I'm not going to do it this time. Can you really blame but, him? Okay, that, that's fine. But what then what's the plan? To go out and and sign eighteen power forwards. I mean, so what's the plan? Wait till twenty twenty one when now now all year start. You've already you already hear it now. Oh well, well once KD uh, tore his Achilles, they decided they're gonna focus on Giannis twenty twenty one. It's like stop, stop. No one's coming to the Knicks. No one is coming to the Knicks. But would you have ever said Giannis anybody's did... coming to the Nets two years ago? I mean, yeah, that's different. Yeah. But. The because Nets was the last Nets. stock of the league because they because that trade they had been terrible before they got Atkinson and e- Atkins and even before even during that time they weren't really respected but they built their culture on their own players and developing their talent to that was like you know what the Nets aren't that bad but you know what the difference is the Nets aren't run by James Dolan the and Knicks I, aren't run well, well, they are but they, he hasn't been James he hasn't been James Dolan has final say. James Dolan still the face of that organization, and players still think that James Dolan is an absolute moron. While I do love Scott Perry in that front office, and Steve Mills, I think that's a solid front office. The stink of the Knicks, and, you know, so there, there's a rumor out that, that what happened was um, DeAndre Jordan got traded to the Knicks from Dallas, and that Dallas... Or, and, and they were going to buy him out so that he can go to a contender. And he said, nah, I'll stick around for a little bit. And that was his way of scouting for KD. Like, hey, are the Knicks a good organization? This, this, and this. So he stuck around for the four. And this could all just be garbage. But um, he stuck around for those four months and realized, that, like, no, the Knicks fucking suck. <laughs> and was like, nah, I, I'm not with this. And then, you know, so he okayed the move to go to the Nets. That's where they shifted their focus. I, I mean, is it is that a real story? Who knows? But there's something to that, man. Like the the free agents don't even get the the free agents don't even get meetings. They don't even give meetings to the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, I'm Kyrie. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree that James Dolan's an asshole and he has a history of being an asshole, being petty, caring more about his music than he does about basketball. I don't disagree with any of that. What I'm saying is. The course of action that they've taken over the last three years shows that they have smart basketball people. So in spite of James... Well, Scott Perry and Steve Mills Mills are smart basketball people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying in spite of James Dolan, you have to do something to be like, hey, maybe I'll... Because we think Dan Gilbert's an idiot, right? But when he had David Griffin, he was able to make some moves. You got to... Well, Dan Gilbert's an asshole. I don't think he's an idiot. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, the smartest person in the world wouldn't have sent that letter. You know what I mean? So, well, yeah, I, I get it. But what I'm saying is everyone looks at the Knicks' moves and they say this, that, and the other. I don't think they've made bad moves. If you said, listen, I don't want to take the risk of Kevin Durant. I don't want to do that because that will lock us up. We have a young team. I believe they have a really good coach in Fisdale. You got Kevin Knox. You just got R.J. Barrett. I don't know what the fuck they're doing at point guard. I'm not going to defend that shit. You got young Mitchell Robinson. But everything we've seen over the last year, 
They got a ton of talent that they did really well at scouting, getting Dots and Alonzo Trier, Mitchell Robinson. Well, I I like the uh, I like the Julius Randle pickup. It's it's the Bobby Portis, the 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 thirteen other power fours that they've signed since then. But none of those the Reggie Bullock. But none of those contracts you know. hurt you. Well, Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington, you needed that because there's a hole at two guard because they were literally starting Dotson. So you you get Wayne Ellington or Reggie Bullock. Both of them are knockdown three point shooters, which fit what they need in their style. So neither one of those are bad pick. The Lakers wanted Reggie Bullock back bad. He played very well for the Pistons. He played very well for the Lakers. Wayne Ellington has had good seasons the last two seasons. He played very well with Miami. He was playing well. Oh, I'm not last saying year. those are bad players. It just doesn't seem like there's a plan in place. No, I can tell you. I, mean, I can that, tell you what the plan, plan is. They're planning for 2021. Like all these moves are just cap holes. None of them hurt you. Every contract you named, except for Julius Randle, are two-year contracts with a team option on the second year. They don't have to keep any of these players. All they're doing is holding cap to flip it over. As we talked about before, there's a, a salary floor, so you have to. You can't just sit with 80 million dollars. Of cap room, you can't do it. So if you decided you're not well, going to go after a big time free agent and commit money, all you can do this is like what Pat Riley did in like 2009. You just get a bunch of these players that take up the cap, put them to one year contracts basically, and then uh, if they don't work out, so the fuck what? Next year you're going to have 70 million dollars in cap again. Well, here's the thing. So what people don't realize is you don't have to spend that money. You, you basically just write a check at the end of the year. That go, that goes to the players on your team. It's not like you have to spend that on, on players. And I, I get it's two-year contracts, three-year contracts, and whatever. But my, my point is, if you were out, like, then why clear the cap space by trading Tim Hardaway and Christoph Porzingis? So you, so now, you I understand want Tim that Hardaway that situation probably million was, dollar contract? Fuck no. All right, but then. like, but you you cleared two max cap space uh, slots, and then you turn around and you got that idiot James Dolan in March. Like, well, players are begging to come here. They're calling us, or they want they want to be be a part of the Knicks franchise, and no one gave them a meeting. But that's because they thought they had Kevin Durant. <laughs> they thought they had Kevin Durant. So the move that they made. But why did they think that? Because obviously, you know, you know how this NBA is. You know, everything's supposed to be a secret. And from every account, they still were in play until they disrespected him and didn't offer him a max contract. Like, we can see all the stories, but that's why it's so big, because they didn't even offer him a contract. So before the Achilles injury, which happened last month, they that's why they cleared the cap. They cleared cap back in February or, say, January. So, yeah, they had two max. They had the opportunity to bring in Kyrie and KD. Well, once he ruptured his Achilles and management made the decision, no, we don't want to go that route. Now you pivot. If you're going to pivot to hold your cap, then you don't go sign any of these big free agents and lock up money. You just go sign players that may can help your, your youth, may can help your players around you. Okay, they signed four power forwards. It's probably a total of $20 million that will come off next year. Who cares? You know what I mean? None of none of those affect them in the long term. Like none of these moves are detrimental to anything. That's why I understand why people make a deal about them. They don't hurt you at all. There's nothing about any of these contracts. All these contracts are tradable. If at the trade deadline somebody wanted to drop uh, dump Bradley Beal and you want to put together some of these young assets and draft picks and some bad contracts to get them off caps, all these contracts will do it. All these contracts are technically expiring contracts where I could send you. All those players to match price, match um, salaries, and then the team that's getting them aren't hurt by it. They don't hurt you. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm I'm not a fan of anything that the Knicks are doing at the moment. And and again, I'm not mad if if you if you want to come out and say, look, he blew his Achilles. 
We didn't want to take a chance on it. We like our young guys. We think we're heading in the right direction. Say it. <laughs> I mean, that that's fine. Just say, you know. They don't know we, you t- nothing. Everyone understands. <laughs> okay? Just let let write me a letter. <laughs> type me an email. Let me know what are y'all doing. Okay? Because y'all got Stephen A. Smith and tears over there. Yeah, they are, they are all right. I, I mean, I watched a lot of the Knicks last year, and that's why I, I actually like the moves because I actually watched a ton of games. You know, we played fantasy basketball. I had Kevin Knox, and I love Fizz because he came from Miami, and I always liked the way that Fizz developed. You know, just because a team like Memphis doesn't respect his style because of one European crybaby doesn't mean anything. I really think he's a good coach. So one of the um, – <laughs> First of all <laughs> – uh, Kevin Knox actually showed signs last year that he could be good, but there was times like statistically he was the worst player in the NBA, and that's not a, 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 a an exaggeration. Like he was the worst player in the NBA at times last year. Um, but, but I like that. I'm, I like that though because, it, like I said, on paper, if you're looking at it on paper, it does look that way. But if you look at the games. It's because Fizdale really liked him and was holding him to a standard. So he, like, felt a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? Like, if he didn't play defense, he got benched. If he missed shots, he got benched. And you saw during the season, he gradually got better, and then he hit another rookie wall. But it gives him something to work with on the offseason. He wasn't terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he had some bad statistical gains, but you saw his game develop. Like, he played better defense. He started rebounding. When he first came in, he was just shooting. By the end of the year, he was getting seven, eight rebounds. You know, he, he changed his three-point shot. He started knocking down threes. So, you saw his game develop, even though statistically it may not have looked great on the court. His game developed. I, I expect for him to make a major leap this year. Um... So let's talk about the Lakers. Um, the greatest dynasty of all time. What's the plan there? So let's say they <laughs> get Kawhi Leonard. So are you just going to run out there with no guards? Because the, the market now at this point, I mean, I, they did the right thing by waiting, but is Alex Caruso? Not that I, I know we're in the positionless era, but having Kawhi LeBron, Anthony Davis and Kyle Kuzma, that's four power fours. I mean, or you know what I mean? Yeah, Kawhi can play the two to the four, but well, you still got some free agents out there kind of lingering around. Ooh. Uh got DeMarcus Cousins, Danny Green, Marcus Morris. Uh I don't know about the oh, Rondo. Apparently they offered Rondo a contract and told him he had like a day. So he hadn't signed with anybody else, so I'm guessing he's coming back at some point. Maybe they're trying to see Maybe it'll depend on if Kawhi signs or not, whether he has to sign for the minimum or not. Uh, they got Troy Daniels, a knock, knockdown shooter, signed Fat Jared Dudley. I guess he can help. But, I mean, I guess. I mean, it, it really probably just depends on what happens. They're in an awkward situation. They're in a situation worse than Toronto and worse than the Clippers because they have to wait on Kawhi while all these quality free agents are getting signed. But right. the Clippers are just way smarter. They trade for Mo Harkless. They got another rookie, you know, just uh, eating cap for uh, Miami to facilitate that deal. So they're right now. If the Clippers miss out on on Kawhi, the Clippers are still like a 48-50 win team. The Lake, the Toronto, if they miss out, they're probably still a 48-50 win team. If the Lakers miss out, I don't know about that. I, I mean, they were before Kawhi. I mean, they well. They also had Demar Derozan. I mean. Yeah, but if you look at last year without Kawhi, they play they play very well. Well, right, but they're not a fifty win team without Kawhi. I, mean, in, I don't think so. Oh, they're in the East. 
Yeah, but the East End isn't. Yeah, it, we're not talking about the two thousand. Yeah, but it's East, not. That's not fifty. Yeah, team. let's not over exaggerating that. Like the East is great. It's top heavy. Four great teams. After that, it's trash. I mean, are we being real here? Are we scared of Orlando? I'd, even even no, Brooklyn I, my, isn't great without my point Kevin is, Durant. You're not going to lose Kawhi. Kawhi. I mean, it's, you know what I mean. Like, I don't think that's fifty one team. Right. Because it's, well, let's just who, say who replaced. Let's just them. say it's a top five playoff team uh, in the East. Can we agree to that? I mean, Indiana lost Bogdanovich, um, Darren Collison. They replaced him with Malcolm Brogdon. We don't know what he can do. Like, really, on a team without Giannis, <laughs> gets much harder when you don't have a Giannis. You know what I mean? <laughs> all I'm saying is, I all right. But to your point, like, um, but yeah, the Lakers are in a weird spot. But but what do you do? Why keep Kyle Kuzma and not Lonzo Ball if you if this was the plan all along? Like, don't you need some kind of guard presence? I'm not even just talking about someone. That's a shooting. I mean, they, they have no one that's going to play defense outside of Kawhi, like, for, from a perimeter standpoint. But, like, Bro, I think they already got an agreement from Rondo. I mean, Rondo ain't signed. Rondo could have signed with someone right now. They have to have an agreement with Rondo. You got a couple of free agents out here. I know you're not going to love the names, but, I mean, you got a Quinn Cook out there. You got a, a Tyus Jones, which they could probably get the rights to because they just got Shabazz Nap- Napier in that uh, Minnesota Golden State three way trade. You got some golf players that have played, have started some games that can play point guard for you. They're not going to be great, but LeBron has shown he can win without a great point guard. I think Rondo's coming, though. So I don't think point guard's a real issue. Um, I think they have a contingency plan if they get Kawhi. I think the problem is going to be if they don't get Kawhi, then I think it gets serious because you need a higher level of free agents. You get Kawhi, then you can get those minimum salary players and you can make it look good. You don't get Kawhi? The higher level free agents that they needed may not be there. Like even the Danny Greens and the Marcus Morrises, they said they're about to sign because they're not waiting on Kawhi. If those players like that dry up, then you're going to be in trouble because now your core around just Anthony Davis and LeBron is trash. If Kawhi comes, it's okay. If he doesn't come, you know, you know, it's going to be tough. They're going to have to trade for some players. I don't know what they trade though. Shit, what they got? Yeah. <laughs> they they have no tradable assets at this point, <laughs> other than Kuzma. Um, you know, I I don't know, man. I'm I'm with you. I for some reason, I think Kawhi goes back to Toronto, and and I just you know, I'm not convinced that he's going to the Lakers to to play second banana to LeBron or third banana to AD. And maybe he doesn't think about it that way. Maybe he thinks that well, shit, I won a title, but man, looking around, being that the dude, you know, the only dude, that was a lot to lift, and I'm not sure that that can happen again. Maybe he says, cool. I'll go to L.A., we'll rack up titles, but I doubt it. Um, I think, so with Kawhi, as secretive as he is, uh, the one thing that the Lakers have to fight against is that the trust that he built with the Toronto organization. Because he really seems like he's a loyal dude. And this is why I think he's going back to Toronto, because one of the biggest things that they've been talking about is that He trusts their training staff. He trusts the maintenance program. He trusts how Nick Nurse uses him. He knows that they're going to keep him fresh, have his best interest in mind. You cannot say that about the Lakers. You cannot say that that's what they're going to do for him, and he doesn't know that. He, He has a trust with the training staff. They kept him healthy, and that's one of the bigger sticking points for Kawhi Leonard. That's why I think he's going back. Even if it's not on a long term deal, I think he'll go back for a two year deal with like a player option just to see how it feels again. Um, I just don't think anything that's happened in this offseason gives him security about what's going on with the Lakers. The Clippers are a fun story, but uh, do you really want to go to the Clippers by yourself? And who's el- who else is there to get? 
So that's why I don't think he'll go to the Clippers because I don't think there's I don't think he wants to go there by himself. I think he wanted another player there. They missed out on Jimmy. Um, they missed out on Anthony Davis. Uh, who else is left? There's not really another superstar. I guess you can try to trade for a Bradley Beal or a Kevin Love or something like that. But is that are those players that Kawhi want to play with? So I don't think the Clippers. Are. Hashtag get Kevin Love out of Cleveland, man. Let that man live. Let him go. <laughs> uh, that's where he shines. He shines on bad teams. He got a championship. Yeah, but man, ugh. let's talk about Jimmy Butler. Um, Jimmy Butler's talking about, you know, he's always, he just wants to win. He just wants to win. So why the hell did he go to the Heat? Number one, because the Heat is a great organization that has a history of winning and putting together championship teams under the great Pat Riley. That's why. Yeah, but this ain't that, okay? Because uh, Miami is not in a position to win shit, at least until 2021. At least. There ain't shit going on there. Well, you know, so, you know, the funny thing about that is coming into this offseason, you also told me all those contracts are bad and he can't move none of those contracts are. and they can't get no can't. max free agent help. But some way, they, they moved all those contracts to get Jimmy Butler. And they can still move some right now. What people don't know is they can free up like $30 million in cap that won't help them this year to help them next year. But they can get $30 million off the books like now. It's just they're not going to do it because Pat Riley's smart enough to know you need price match contracts. So that's why they're holding on to Ryan Anderson's contract, which they could stretch. They're holding on to Dragic's contract, which is $19 million. After those two contracts and Jimmy, it's all like $10 million, $11 million contracts. Yeah, but Jimmy's a bum, okay? He's a, he's a second-tier free agent, not a first-tier free agent. A bum, okay? He should have stayed his ass in Philly. I don't like your disrespect, and I don't like the tone of your voice of the disrespect. But you root for a loser, so you wouldn't even understand a great winning player like Jimmy Butler. I'm not going to sit on here and let you talk bad about one of the greatest Miami players of all time. Already? Already. Just because he came. <laughs> he saved us, bro. <laughs> I uh, No, I, I actually do like Jimmy Butler. I, I don't think he's uh, an A-plus free agent. I think he's a B-plus free agent. But just because of all the shit that comes with Jimmy Butler. Like, again, you and I have talked about this before. For a motherfucker that ain't never won shit, like <laughs> literally never won shit, his attitude is terrible. And he's he's in that, that camp that the, the Kyrie Irvings, the, the Kevin Durant's, like those moody type dudes that just like, yo, is this worth putting up with every day for a dude that ain't won shit? Like, I, I just don't know that it is. For me, like he is a great player. I don't think I'm not convinced that you can win with Jimmy Butler as your best player. Um, but maybe I'm wrong, but I doubt it. I like Jimmy Butler to Miami Heat because he fits everything that the Heat's about. He fits everything that Pat Riley's about. He fits everything that Eric Spoh's about. Um, he went to a team like Minnesota, but he thrived in Chicago under Thibs, under that system, under that type of atmosphere. That was not the atmosphere of Minnesota. They were soft. And his biggest problem, people don't really listen to him. They were just saying, you know, heard all the funny stories. But his problem was he was saying that they don't work hard there, that all these young players don't work hard. He was saying what, you, what you're saying, I'm a B-plus player. You're Carl Anthony Towns. You're naturally gifted. You're Andrew Wiggins. You're the number one pick. Why am I better than you guys? Why do I outwork you guys? Why aren't you developing? And Thibs, why aren't you holding them accountable like you held us accountable in Chicago? Everything he- Or why, shit, Thibs, why haven't you evolved into 2000 fucking? 18. Yeah, I mean, I think everything that Jimmy Butler said in Minnesota was totally accurate. Now, he was an asshole how he said it, but nothing was wrong. He wasn't wrong about anything he said, and he's not going to have any of those problems in Miami. One thing they do no, have I, is effort. They're going to give effort. 
you know, I listen, but at the end of the day, I, I again, if Jimmy Butler's your best player, I don't think you're a winning team. And and you know, obviously there's moves to make. I, I said all that in jest, but listen, I I just I really don't think that. I mean, if you're Miami, he's better than what you, whatever you had going on last year or the year before that. But um, for me, but again, Miami's not in a position to win any, win anything in the next couple of years. So. Um, you know, I guess I guess the risk is there, but for me, what is Jimmy Butler? Thirty. Yeah, yeah, thirty. So, going in twenty twenty one, he's thirty two. I mean, I don't know. I for for me, it's whatever. I don't think it makes Miami contenders. I think they're better than they are lat or that they have been in the past few years. But if you're Jimmy Butler, like, what's the attraction there? Because you talk about wanting to win, then you you look at organizations who are kind of built differently. Um, you know, you mentioned the Clippers. I think that would have been a great landing spot for him. I think Philly would have been a, a you know, staying in Philly would have been a, a good option. So, you know, I don't know what the beef was, but well, I think I think uh, also though you don't know what was said. You don't know the plan that was made in the meeting either. I mean, there is a plan in place. Just because you can't see it, that Pat Riley has a plan. I don't know if it's gonna work. That's what I always say. There's always a plan. He could tell people to plan the plan that he had last time. It didn't work. It was. This year, we're going to go after Kevin Durant. The following year, if that doesn't work, our fallback plan is Gordon Hayward. And he missed on both. And I always say, if you're holding cap room and you miss on the top free agents in both years, then you're fucking screwed for probably about three years. And that's what happened. So now you get Jimmy Butler. Now you don't have to reach for another player. You got somebody. Because the biggest thing about the NBA now, as we can see, is not winning. It's not money anymore. It's who do you want to play with? <laughs> so if you don't have a player that somebody wants to come in and play with, or you're not getting a player that somebody that can bring somebody in, then you're pretty much fucked anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see. I, like I said, if I'm Miami, I get it. I, you know, I, I don't know that, that, that it moves the needle for them. I mean, they will be a playoff team next year because he moves the needle. I think Jimmy Butler got lumped into the, you know, he's just, I don't think, put it this way, I don't think Jimmy Butler's a superstar. No, he's not. Uh, but, but like you know, I said, he's just a really good with player. his style, it fits. So it makes him better. It makes him a better player by the system that he's in. You know what I'm saying? Like when he's in Philly, it exposes holes in his game. When he's in Minnesota, even though he played great, it exposes holes in the game. Let's not forget, he took Minnesota Timberwolves to the playoffs. And then right after he left, <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs. So he's a significant right. win factor. With that system, his defense – the length on that Miami team, and I'm telling you, bro, there's another move, and it's not for 2021. I, I believe it's closer to the trade deadline. Everyone's saying that they're going after Bradley Beal. Don't know how they pulled that one off, but they're they're trying to get another player with those contracts. That's why they're holding all those bad contracts. Those are price match co- contracts, and I think it's going to be for somebody trying to get off a bad contract towards the trade deadline. I don't know if that's going to be Washington and Bradley Beal, but this is – Getting Jimmy Butler is a move for 2020. You're right. They're just going to make the playoffs this year. They're not a contender, depending on who they can get at the trade deadline. And even then, it's close. Uh, but there, there's another move coming. I don't know if it's going to be after Kawhi signs. I don't know if it's going to be uh, at the trade deadline. But there's definitely another move coming. Does Hassan Whiteside to the Portland Trailblazers move the needle for you? Mm, I like Nurkic better, but I mean, if Nurkic is gonna miss I do too. half the season, Hassan Whiteside can do his job. I mean, you got less defensive responsibilities. That was a problem in Miami. He can just rebound, dunk on people, block shots, and talk shit. 
So I, you know, I think I think he'll have fun in Portland. I think he'll go back to being his old fun-loving self because that coach doesn't put as much defensive pressure on his seniors. I mean, uh, on his centers. I mean, Ennis Cantor was successful out there. Obviously, they don't care about defense from the centers. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and apparently him and Damian Lillard, Lillard are best friends, so maybe that'll motivate his fat ass to get get back in shape or I, I don't know I mean if you shoot if you got a team I, you know, that shoots a bunch of fucking threes having a dude that can get you like 25 rebounds and block shots isn't bad so I like it for a sign yeah. I think it'll be fun one thing I will say when she was on there talking about I got shooters now he hasn't really ever played with real shooters so it probably was that is fair that's fair um so the Memphis Grizzlies got off of that Chandler Parsons contract let me tell you they something call, they're calling it All uh right. What did I see on uh, Twitter today? Chandler Pendant's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, listen, man, I don't, you talk about the Grizzlies being a lose organization, but man, I think they are having a great off season. I, to you know, um, so we in the same day we got off of that god awful Chandler Parsons contract. Um, I, I wish we could shoot Chris Wallace to the moon, but um, so we got off that contract and we got. Um, picks back from the Phoenix Suns, and we got Josh Jackson and uh, Anthony uh, Melton. Backup guards, name. Yeah. Melton. I think going to start for you guys. I think he's going to start over Jodish for at least a period Don't of time. Be Don't be stupid. Not, man. <laughs> I, d- I doubt that very seriously. I don't know, man. Uh, I think I think Josh going to have some real trouble adjusting. I think he's going to be good. I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I'm saying that I think a lot of the Kevin Knox, which you talked about. I think you're going to see a lot of that with Ja because I think your coach is a player development coach. He wants him to play the right way. Ja can't shoot, man. <laughs> he can't shoot. Yeah, but but Ja can get to the hole when he wants to, and Ja is is a next-level distributor with next-level court vision. That's not something you sit on the court a la whatever the hell the Lakers are doing with Lonzo Ball. <laughs> so um, They did sit him for Rondo. Which was why <laughs> the Lakers are in the mess that they're in. But – um, you know, it's just it's one of the things that where I, I think the, the Grizzlies have really, you know, Josh Jackson has not worked out in Phoenix. He is a grade A knucklehead. There's a report about him hotboxing a baby in a car. Oh yeah, recently. I saw that. That's just crazy. I mean, just crazy shit. But um, but you know what? He was still number four overall pick a couple of years ago, and you know he's going into his third year, and I think a change of scenery could. The, the Grizzlies were shooting to get um, Andrew Wiggins or a three like that. And, you know, I, I think Josh Jackson had, at times has proven that he can be at least a quality NBA player. And at times he's proven that he shouldn't be anywhere near the damn league. But uh, well, last year, you know, he really talk- last year, he really started to come around, though, towards the end of the year where he really got to start. I can't remember. Was it TJ Warren? He got hurt. And before Kelly yeah. Uber got there, he was really playing nice, nice basketball. Yeah. And so I, I, I like what the Grizzlies are doing, man. I mean, you know, I. We have had to let the the grit and grind era go, obviously. Um, you know, but even Miles Plumlee, I kind of like that as a backup big man. Uh, they've they've done some things that where I'm looking at them and I'm like, is is this my team? <laughs> I'm I'm shocked. What do you think about what they're doing? Yeah, I like the Grizzlies' moves. I mean, but my my thing is, I don't know how you can praise the Grizzlies' moves and then shit on the Knicks because I think they're doing pretty much the same thing. Only difference is because New York is a big market, you expect that big free agent splash, and they hadn't been using the market for that. Um, Grizzlies are accumulating picks. 
They get in young talent. Obviously, they don't expect to win this year. So getting a lot of assets for the future to replace the assets that your your previous general manager fucked up, getting rid of these bad contracts to clear cap space, and getting ready for the 2021 to see if you can put together um, a package. But you have a core. We talked about last podcast, Kelly Oubre, and we kind of shitted on them for missing out on Kelly Oubre. Well, you get Josh Jackson. So now your young core is there. It's the young core we talked about. You have Ja Morant, you have JJJ, and now you have Josh Jackson. You you have and you got go ahead. Jonas Valanciunas. If, basically, if your name don't start with J, you're not coming to this <laughs> yeah, team. Yeah, Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, that's four right there. That's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty good building block right there to get something done. And if one of these draft picks, like I mean, Brandon Clark, maybe hit, you know, you just never know. So I, I really like what they're doing. Even if it doesn't work, you're accumulating a ton of assets. It, it costs you nothing. By 2021, all these contracts are going to fall off, basically, and you're just going to be stuck with Ja, JJJ, and even Jonas probably won't be there. It depends on if he had a player option. I didn't see what that third year was, but it's only a three-year Yeah, game. he's got a player option for the third year. And then basically Josh Jackson is a free – he's got a free year this year. I mean, this is basically a rental. If he works out, great. If he doesn't, cost us nothing. Well, I mean, <laughs> so. I think this is third year, so next year is he's a restricted free agent, I believe. So you'll have control if you want to let him go, if you want to match, uh, if you want to try to get a pick for him or something like that. Usually, usually teams so we'll sign they're restricted, though, unless – you just unless you're like Golden State and you can't, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and we'll see what they do with uh, Andre Iguodala. I mean, everyone's talking about a buyout, but I think that there's going to be a trade market at some point for him. But, um, but he can't be traded until January. So he, he until January, it'll be like the trade deadline if you want to move him. That's the, like I said. I mean, I'm just big on this. If you know the salary cap, they're smart because they're taking all these deals and they're not really buying people out. I mean, the Solomon Hill deal expiring, the uh, Plumley deal, they're in prime position. I think people, I think people really saw how the Brooklyn Nets became successful with no draft picks, um, and and they, you know, obviously you you take on contracts or players like a D'Angelo Russell, um, but you hit in the the late draft that you have, you you hit in. Uh, you know, calling up players from D League like Spencer Dinwiddie, but teams are now getting so much smarter, and they realize like, well, you know, we have to build through the draft, and we have to have as many assets as possible yeah. so that we can make trades when we need to, to to collect players because free agency for basically any market that's not L.A., um, New York, or Golden State, or or you know the Bay Area, you're kind of you're kind of you're not getting free. Or agents. if you can't, so, like I said, if you can't get a player that has a friend, you know, that can get somebody right. in there. But this, the Miami situation pointed out the um, important of this price match thing too. That's why I think all these teams that aren't going to win anyway, they're holding on to contracts because Bradley Bill's got to get traded, bro. I mean, he, got, he has to get traded. Now there've been some reports that you may have to take the John Wall contract. I don't know who can clear like ninety million in cap to take both those, but. John, I mean, Bill has to go. I mean, we all know that Washington waits to the last minute. I think most of these teams are gearing up knowing that Bill will be on the market at the trade deadline. I just, I honestly feel that way. What, what do you, what do you gain if you are, you gave away Ubre, you gave away Otto Porter, John Wall uh, has a torn, ruptured Achilles, you gave away Tom Sanarowski for nothing, who was a quality point guard, just to go sign It Ish Smith. This is tanking if I ever seen it. And you mean to tell me Brad Bradley Beal's just cool with that? Yeah, I mean, 
What do you do? Yeah, man. What do you do? I think I think you'll see. I think at the trade deadline, Bradley Beal will get traded. I just don't know to who. And I think all these teams are preparing because he's the biggest star on like one of the worst teams. You, I mean, they're not trading Booker because he's too young. Can you think of any other star? Anthony Davis is gone now. Who's the next Anthony Davis? It got to be Bradley Beal, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, Bradley Beal. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's there doesn't seem like there's anyone on the horizon who's going to force their way out of anywhere now that Kyrie and Jimmy Butler and and Katie, I mean, those guys are gone or you know they're signed wherever they are. But yeah, I don't, I, I think you're right. There's no, there's no real potential force their way out guy. I mean, except for maybe Lonnie Walker down in San Antonio, but <laughs> one twenty point uh, summer league game. He's the truth now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I I I want to say overall, I like the state of the league because one thing that I like to see regardless is I just like good basketball man I think there's a lot of you and I've talked about this time and time again I think we're in a talent boom um and it just seems like people are getting smarter in basketball and it doesn't necessarily have to do anything with analytics it just means that you know sticking with coaches and and kind of going back to developing systems and and that you see like Miami has been successful to a degree you know they've had Spo for over 10 years now you know, obviously Greg Popovich and, and everyone that comes out of his system, I think you're going to start to see a lot more of that in place. And you're going to see the next, you're going to see the next Giannis. People are, people are want to build through the draft and maybe find those studs. And, and, you know, there's still some dumbass teams out there, but I like the way that the league is going. Yeah, good basketball is back. Good coaching is back. Um, Nick Nurse, Budenheiser, um, Eric Spo, Atkins, you, you're starting to see, coaching again you're starting to see mike yeah malone. mike malone you start uh, even the dude down in uh, atlanta i love what atlanta's doing um i also i also want to back up because we we kind of shitted on the suns for about 30 minutes last week and i think they made some good moves i think i think the not drafting the point guard because they knew they had rubio locked up pulled the wool over people's eyes they signed rubio which is a great addition they got sark there you get rid of josh jackson um you're gonna probably bring back Ubre. I mean that's a that's a nice team. Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre, Dario Sark, Aiton. Uh, then you got um, Mikael Bridges coming off the bench, and that's about as far as my son's. Knowledge. But you know what? The but the but the sons are still a mess. You know, Monty Williams. I still think they should. I still think they should. I, I like Monty. I still think they should have taken Luka Doncic. Yeah, but that's past. Get um, out know, the past. Let's talk about the present, bro. But 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 fine. To to trade back to get Cam Johnson, they basically gave away Melton and, and Josh Jackson. Gave him away. No, nah, no, nah, they had Plus, to, they what? they had to do that in order to uh, sign Ricky Rubio. They didn't have a cap. Plus the tw- plus the second round picks. They gave away. Um, so they need more picks. T.J. Warren. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying. These are all Yo, positions that they, they didn't need anyway. You didn't need T.J. Warren. You didn't need Melty because you got Rubio and you got Okoba because they had three point guards they drafted last year. Every position that they traded had like five people in that same position. They needed to clear space to let people play. We'll see. I I I have no faith in the Suns other than I do like the Monty Williams pick. You just don't like them. You have a lot of hate in your heart for Phoenix because they won't let you use your air conditioner. Uh yeah, it's about that that time of the year where I get irrationally <laughs> angry, uh, just at random points. Oh, we didn't talk so. about the Sixers though. Before we leave, we got to talk about the Sixers. Yeah, um, resigned Tobias Harris. Um, now I, I don't agree with letting go of their stud T.J. McConnell, mm. uh, but the you know, uh, 
And how do you break up Bobby and Toby? Oh, all right. They came together. They were a package. Yeah. <laughs> okay. End of an era. Um, man, I you know we've we've actually had some discussions over uh, over the Sixers over the past couple of days, and you know, for me, I got to see more out of Ben Simmons, man. I got I I, I got to see it. This dude took an off season to get better. Um, they basically have pushed all their chips in the middle and said we're going all in. We're going to try and get a title in the next two years. And honestly, I think they they if if Embiid is in shape, which is a struggle with him. I want to see him play 70 games. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but I like the Al Horford signing. Um, you know, I, do I think they're the favorite in the East? Maybe. Um, I, you know, I, I think that they can get to the Eastern conference finals, maybe get to the NBA finals, um, because that's a, a tough, tall defensive lineup, but they don't have any shooting other than, uh, the guy they just picked up from, uh, Who's blanking on me from Miami? Josh uh, the disrespect that Josh you showed to the Heat is Who, not going to be tolerated. I, I like him. I like Josh Richardson, but uh, <laughs> that one of the nameless Miami Heat players <laughs> that that it seemed like shit. They, I mean, <laughs> the Heat was just giving contracts to any motherfucker that played on the team. But I like Josh talent. Richardson. That's what that's what's so impressive. If you look, you be like, man, they gave away Whiteside and Richardson, but Richardson was like a second round pick, and Whiteside was like a throwaway in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like that, man. But they, I, I think they're going to struggle with shooting. Um, they lost J.J. Redick to the Pelicans, which I thought was interesting. Um, I didn't think they were going to bring him back, but that he went to the Pelicans was interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, I think they're going to struggle with shooting. I really, really do. And that, that's a problem in today's NBA. Maybe not in the East, but at some point that's going to be an issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with the shooting part. Um, I do think that Josh Richardson is a nice outside shooter. He's a clutch shooter. He can hit threes. He can hit a, He has a nice mid-range. Um, no pure shooters on the team. Though. I agree with that. They don't have anybody that you can just throw in there and count on to hit a three. I think they will solve that issue. Uh, Elton Brand has been really good about being very aggressive. He knows basketball. He's a smart basketball dude. Um, he kind of he's kind of running his team like NBA Live, you know, or NBA 2K, <laughs> which I'm all here for it. You know what I mean? If you can do it and you can manipulate the cap to do it, I'm all for it. At some point in time, they're not going to be able to do it once they really pay Embiid and really pay Ben Simmons, which Ben Simmons has the extension. Um, I understand all your concerns on offense. End of the day, I can't get past this defense, man. Uh, even if you can't shoot, even if you don't have a knockdown shooter, it's going to be terrible trying to score against these dudes, man. You got the 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 wingspan on this team. I think Josh Richardson – I'm not – I think – I know Josh Richardson is the smallest dude in their starting lineup. He's 6'4", um, and his wingspan is something crazy like 6'9", 6'10". Um, so you got Josh Richardson essentially at the point guard slot. You got Ben Simmons at the two, who's 6'10". You have Tobias Harris, who's six eight at the three. You have Joel Embiid. I'm assuming is the, or Al Horford at seven foot. And Joel Embiid at seven two. Like, and they all are very agile. They can all play over the pick and roll, guard multiple positions. Um, they can play high low. There's a mismatch somewhere on the court at any point in time. Um, <laughs> I just, I love this team, man. Um, they they do need to get some depth. They need to get. They do need to get some shooters. I agree with that. I think that'll be solved on the buyout market, free agency somewhere. But like I said, all the attention is being paid to like the Lakers, 
And there's some shit going on in the NBA, man. These, there's some really good teams being put together, and it's kind of scary. I agree. <laughs> See, but my my issue with, with the Sixers also is, um, you know, as I said, this is a two-year window because you're now you're paying Al, Al uh, Horford. Man, that's a lot of money to be paying a 36, 37-year-old center. I agree. Uh, and then let me ask you this. Do you feel great about paying Ben Simmons that much money? I like Ben Simmons, man, because the reason why I like Ben Simmons is because he is a smart player. So for all the years we talked about Rondo couldn't shoot, the one thing, you said that he didn't get better this year. And I feel like he did because he realized what happened to him in the playoffs. And no, he did not get a three-point jumper or a mid-range jumper, but he started using his size more. So he cut to the goal, he posted up big men, and they were getting a lot of those um mismatches down low where he was able to score easy and it made it very tough for all those guards and that's what I think is going to happen here is that you got all those players on the court Ben Simmons is always going to be a mismatch who do you let guard him and I, I like Ben Simmons game I mean they're 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 going to be a problem but there's definitely a disconnect and I don't know if it's Brett Brown is actually not that good of a coach like there's just something about the Sixers that I just don't trust but man if they're right you're not scoring on them, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, that that's going to be a tough team to score on. And, um, you know, if they can figure out – because Joe Embiid, I don't care what they say, that motherfucker should not be anywhere near that three-point line. Yes, he can take – he can hit it every now and again, but there was a point last year where he was shooting like 10%. Like, he – now – Al, Al Horford kind of fixes That's that because Al Horford's actually a good shooter, and you can maybe you move him to the four, you put Joel back on the block. But so I'm curious to see what happens with them. You know, we both agree they need shooting, they need depth. Um, they're an interesting team. They're they're a very inter- interesting team, and I, I, I this is going to be a good basketball season, man. Uh, you know, this team is a real problem for Giannis too, especially. Especially Giannis, he's a match. That's a matchup problem. This is like Giannis' worst nightmare because you got like four dudes that can switch on, and the paint can be locked down with two seven footers. Yeah. So, um, anyone else we need to talk about before we get out of here? No, you know the Sacramento Kings kind of stood pat. I think they're still going to be a good team. Um, I don't know why they gave fucking Trevor Ariza like twenty five million for two years, but hey, fuck it, it's the Kings. Why not? Just for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're still gonna do some Kings yeah, things. You, so. can't, you can't fully change, you know what I mean? You can just show signs of getting better. Signs, <laughs> <laughs> signs of life, but you gotta stay true to who yeah, you are. You gotta. You know, a lot of these like give me one bad signing, just one. <laughs> but yeah. I love Dwayne Deadman. Uh, um, that's a big upgrade from Willie Colley Stein. Dwayne Deadman has quietly put together the really good seasons the last two or three years. He's like a 40% three-point shooter. If not 40, about 38% three-point shooter who can block shots, move, agile. You got Harrison Barnes. Uh, That team is going to be very versatile and very sneaky, which goes back to what I said. If the Lakers don't get Kawhi, I don't think they make the playoffs. And I'm standing by that. You surprised uh, Vucevic went back to the the match? Thoroughly. Thoroughly surprised that he went back to the I am too. I I really am too. I thought that him and and uh, Sacramento that would have been a that man. I was kind of salivating at the thought of that. Man, I wonder that would have that was. I a, wonder what happened with that man. I'm wondering what the breakdown was. Um, they thought maybe they didn't feel comfortable giving him a hundred million. Maybe they were trying to give him ninety, and Orlando came with a hundred. But there had to be something behind that because all accounts they both had interest in each other for him to go back. But then again, four years, a hundred million dollars for Vucevic. I, I mean, that's a lot of money. 
It is, but you know what? I mean, he made an all-star team, and he fits that system. Shit, I'd have done it. I mean, but then again, what do you you have to pay? If I can get Darren Fox get next year for forty, <laughs> I don't know if I do it because you don't need his distribution. Um, he doesn't play great defense. I mean, all you're really getting him for yeah. is the three point shot, really, and the maybe yeah. the rebounding. I mean, if if I can get Deadman for forty on a shorter term deal, like you said, you got these big contracts coming up. You got Buddy. Um, oh, but Dwayne Deadman got these big ass lips, and he looked like he's about you know fifty. How old is Dwayne Dedman? Twenty five. Because he looked like he looked like he played in the eighties. Hey, so that, that shows me he ain't uh, doing nothing but playing ball, baby. <laughs> he looked like the old school dude that's fifty seven. They come in there every day with the young kids and just hit them up with old moves all day. They call him old school. Don't don't even gotta look at the uh ain't even gotta look at the rim when he shoot because he know where the basket yeah, is. Well, if you know where you're on the floor at all times, you ain't gotta yeah, look at the rim. He ain't even warm it up because he know he ain't gonna be doing nothing spectacular. You know what I'm saying? He's just doing his turnaround wearing, hook, wearing black Air Force ones <laughs> with a, with a big duffel uh, bag. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all right, y'all. That's it. That's all. That's where we at on free free agency. Um, we'll be back. Next week, you know what we should do? I was thinking about it, man. We should do um, some type of college football preview uh, or NFL preview. We should we should break that down uh, while we got some time to bullshit. Yeah, but not. So. I mean, we'll start that after this NBA shit. It's still gonna be. We gotta break down the Kawhi stuff. Vegas league gonna be popping off. So you know, there'll be some other stuff to talk about. I mean, you got the Zion matchup. I think it's going down Friday. Zion versus R.J. Barrett. I mean, the Vegas league is the big time matchup. So. Oh, I will be watching. Yeah, so, so. But, but, um, like this, the, the summer league right now is just for nerds like me to get a fix on basketball and give some people a chance. But the real shit starts on Friday. So we'll be able to break down some summer league basketball, some more free agency. We may do a team preview because most of the free agency have dried up by then. I'm pretty sure Kawhi would have made his decision so we could really break down teams, see who we think is contenders, who pretenders. You know, then football, that's probably going to be August. August is probably going to be all football. And big three That's basketball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> all right, y'all. That's it. That's all. We'll holler at y'all next Peace. week.